Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Here's your host, Dr. Gillian Aronson. Today I'm in conversation with Professor Brian van Volgen. He's an emeritus professor at the Center for Invasion Biology at Stellenbosch University. Brian is a terrestrial ecologist who is passionate about conservation. He spent the past 45 years conducting research on the ecology and management of fires and of invasive alien plants in Africa. Brian, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolute privilege and a pleasure for us. Brian, listen, if, if I listen to all these words that, that I said, I mean, it, it almost sounds like a science fiction movie. I hear terrestrial, there's invasion, uh, aliens. So, so you know, I grew up with the, the handy guide to science, which said, if it stinks, it's chemistry. If it doesn't work, it's physics. And if it's green and it wiggles, it's biology. But maybe I should rather ask you, what exactly is biological invasions? Well, uh, as you know, there are, there are many species in, in the world and they occur in certain parts of the world. You get kangaroos in Australia and you get giraffes in Africa, but not the other way around. Now, what biological invasions is when people move these species to new areas uh, and some of those species then escape captivity or cultivation and they become invasive. Now, many of these species have been brought into South Africa intentionally and uh, and some of them accidentally. But the volume at which these uh, species are arriving is increasing as trade increases, as travel increases, and so on. One must make the point that not all alien species are bad. In fact, all of our crops, uh, our uh, fruit and cereal and grain crops, all of the livestock that we, that we depend on, uh, cows, pigs, chickens, uh, are actually beneficial. We, we actually can't live without them. But uh, it's those, those, that small number of species that actually escape and become problematic that, that we are talking about in biological invasions. We have what we call a TENS rule. Uh, for every thousand species you introduce, about a hundred of them will naturalize. In other words, they'll be able to live by themselves and, and reproduce. And of those 100, about 10 will become invasive. In other words, they'll start to spread across the landscape. And of those 10, one will become a big problem. So, so, so are, there, are there specific ones that, that we should really be, be worried about? I mean, I, I heard that you say that, that not all of them are bad. Uh, some of them we actually rely on in terms of uh, nutrition and, and uh, let's say, food security. But, but are there specific ones that, that we should be worried about? Yes, well, we have about uh, 1,400 species, uh, alien species that have become naturalized in, and invasive in South Africa. And I can give you some examples. You know, the well-known example that everybody thinks of is rabbits in Australia. When they introduced rabbits in, into Australia, they just about denuded the entire continent. And when people introduced Nile perch into Lake Victoria uh, in Africa, they resulted in the extinction of over 500 species of shiklet fishes that, that lived in that lake previously, the biggest uh, recent vertebrate extinction uh, on record. But in South Africa, we have many uh, pine trees in the Fainbush, for example, which were brought here for forestry, are spreading alarmingly across our mountains. They have huge impacts on biodiversity, on water supplies, on fire. There's a tree called Prosopis, which we introduced to the Northern Cape uh, as a fodder tree. It has now escaped and is actually uh, taking over whole farms, using up groundwater, 
uh, and preventing people from farming. Um, there's a new species that's arrived very recently, a little insect from Asia, uh, known as the polyphagous shot hole borer. And it bores into trees, the stems of trees, and kills them. And it's actually denuding all of the trees uh, in, in Johannesburg. Streets have, have become denuded of trees there, and it's spreading across the country. These are a few uh, examples I could give you more if you like. So, so I mean, these, these um, let's call them a- aliens, um, you know, as they now enter into our kind of spaces, are, are they problematic in their, let's call it in their home territory as well? Or, or is it only that when they enter into a new space that they tend to invade and, and maybe even drive some of the, let's say, the locals into extinction? None of these species are a problem in their, in their native ranges. Uh, they've evolved in their native ranges with a whole host of uh, enemies, as, if I can put it that way, you know, insects that feed on them, uh, predators that prey on them, and so on. It's when they're brought to a new environment and they're released into an environment which doesn't have these uh, insect enemies and pests and so on that they actually can, can take off. Uh, as an example, Australian acacias, uh, black wattles and so on, uh, in Australia, they their seeds are eaten by a whole range of, of insects. And when they were brought here, that restraint was not in place. So these uh, trees produced tens of thousands of seeds per tree, and all of them are viable. And they, they as soon as they uh, start fruiting, they, they spread these seeds all over the place. So, so if we now come back to you being, you know, this, this science fiction hero, the one who, who battles and fights uh, these invasive um, aliens. I mean, w- w- what are some of the techniques and approaches that, that are being used to, to actually combat these aliens? You, you make me sound like one of these comic heroes. I mean, <laughs> it's, not- uh, it's, it's really something that I would want to get my, my head around some more. So, so yeah, so if you are these, the, you know, the superhero, um, what are some of the tricks that you've got up your sleeve? So what we do is we, we study the phenomenon. We, we have a look at uh, what causes it, uh, how, how these things spread. And then, of course, we, we look at uh, ways in which you can manage these species. And it depends whether you're talking about a plant or an animal. Uh, but if we can start with plants, uh, there are several things you can do. You can, you can clear them mechanically, you know, cut them down. You can clear them with herbicides or you can use biological control. The first two, uh, mechanical clearing and herbicides, is almost like a holding action because they will bounce back again. Um, But biological control is the introduction of some of these uh, insect enemies that are specific to that plant. So in other words, they won't attack anything else except the plant that you're targeting. And we've had some very good successes with with biological control. As an example, in the 1920s and 1930s, Huge parts of the Karoo were invaded by sweet, uh, what are they called? Uh, Prickly pears, sweet cactus. And it actually stopped uh, farming in those areas for for a few decades. And then they introduced some uh, cactoblastis caterpillars and the the problem just went away. And now people have kind of forgotten that that problem was even there in the first place. Wow. Coming back to your to your research focus, I, I picked up, you know, there's there's ecology and the management of fires. So what is the interplay between plants and fires? Oh, well, many plants are, are if they live in areas uh, which are prone to fires, they have adaptations to, to those fires. So if you take pine trees in the Fainbush, for example, uh, pine trees have cones on them and the they retain those cones for several seasons. And in those cones are, are seeds. What happens when a fire comes past is the, the pine tree, the parent tree is killed 
But then the cones open and they release the seeds into the post-fire environment where they, where they fly around and they germinate. The proteas and other plants that occur naturally in the fynbos do the same, but they don't produce the same number of seeds as the, as the pine trees do. So after several fires, you have a, a, a huge pro- proliferation of, of pine trees taking place. So when, you, when you're managing uh, an area for trying to reduce the amount of invasive alien plants in that area, you have to take uh, the fire into account as well, and you have to know how to use fires to combat them. So in other words, the, the fire actually then becomes a tool in terms of, of, of moving forward. If I can use the pine trees as an example, uh, the method that is used is to cut the pine trees down uh, and let them lay on the ground for a year or two when they release their seeds and the little seedlings will germinate. And then you come in and burn the area. And that kills the little seedlings, the little pine seedlings, before they are able to produce cones. And then the bush that's there will regenerate in the natural way. And that's very effective. You can treat large areas like that. Well, there's actually a, a, a lot of thing, a lot of signs be, be behind it all. It's, it's, it's not... It's, it, it's something that people spend hours uh, thinking about how you grow, in a sense, the next generation of, of trees or fain boss. Um, uh, Brian, you've, you've now spent many years in terms of research. On the one side, you, you've got the, the, the use of, let's call it hindsight, but I'm sure that there's probably still something that gets you up in, in the morning and, and gets you back to your office to go and do the research. So, so what does the future look like? Uh, through the lens of invasion biology, what are the things that excite you and what are the things that move you forward? <laughs> well, uh, as you said in your introduction, I'm passionate about conservation and I would like to see uh, areas of this country preserved without in- invasive species in them. So I'm very keen to find ways of effectively and efficiently dealing with the problem. Now, one thing you've got to realize when you, once a, an invasive species becomes widespread, it's, you're not going to eradicate it. You're not going to be able to get rid of every single one. So eradication, in other words, where you are trying to eliminate the species completely, is only possible for species which are invasive, but they, they are still very limited in their distribution. So there's a whole uh, bunch of projects that we're working on at the moment to try to eradicate some of these invasive species before they become problematic. And that in itself is is quite difficult because when do you decide that something is eradicated? When do you decide that you've got the last one? You have to keep monitoring that area for a long time to see that it hasn't come back somewhere. And then when we come back come back to the, uh, the species that are, are widespread already, uh, you have to try and deal with them in an efficient way because there's never going to be enough money to clear them all everywhere. So we've worked out, for example, that you get a bigger return on investment if you tackle the areas that are lightly invaded first rather than the areas that are heavily invaded. And also we're going to have to prioritize. We're going to have to practice what we call conservation triage. In other words, we're going to have to leave some areas to become invaded while we focus our limited resources on those areas that we can save. And deciding what, what the priorities are and getting people to agree that those are the priorities is, is often a big challenge, as you can imagine. So that's uh, that's what excites me, and that's what gets me up in the morning. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's World Environmental Day. Uh, you are passionate about conservation, and then obviously with that sustainability. So maybe just in a, in a final second or two, uh, if, if let's say for argument's sake, there's a budding biologist out there listening to the podcast, 
a, a youngster who's keen about biology, keen about you know wanting to to get into this thing that you call conservation. What what advice would you would you give to them? Well, my advice always is is you should go into a career that you are really interested in because then when you go to work every day, you're not going to work. You're actually going to go and enjoy yourself. Uh, so if you're interested in biology, then uh, you know study hard. Uh, you know try and try and get onto the courses and and stick to your guns, and you will end up with a very rewarding career. I can assure you. Brian, thank you. It's been amazing chatting to you, uh, and I mean it's it's obvious the the passion that you have for for your field of study, um, and thank you also for the words of wisdom that you've shared with with the. It's all about being interested in something, so that when you get to your office, it's not work. It's actually you living your passion. It's you living your hobby. So thank you for your time, and thank you for sharing your wonderful world with us today. Goodbye, and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.